Amen, amen. Father, we're so thankful today for what you're doing in our midst. We acknowledge you in all of our ways and you direct our paths. Father, now as we get into the word, we trust you for utterance. We trust you for boldness to declare what is necessary and what is right. Give each one, I pray, eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive to your word. For this we give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you brought your Bible with you today, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I want to pick up uh, in this series today uh, where we left off last week. And this, this new message, new series is called Matters of the Heart. Everybody ready for some more of this today? If, if you're new with us, uh, you can go back. We have all this stuff available to you for free. And you can get caught up and, and, and receive some of these messages. I believe it will be life-changing to you. And uh, I, I don't take this time lightly. We're not here to be religious. We're not here to fulfill some kind of religious obligation or duty. We're here because we want to be. And uh, if you're not here because you want to be, maybe someone twisted your arm. I hope that I hope to change your mind before you leave. <laughs> maybe you'll come willingly next time. And uh, but while you're here, you know you're already going to be accused of being one of us. So uh, you might as well enjoy yourself and act like you're having a good time. And 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 maybe God will speak to you. Maybe He'll touch your heart. Maybe He'll do something in your life. You'll walk out of here. Your body will work better. Your mind will be clear. You'll enjoy peace. You'll have peace and joy in your life like you didn't have before. Maybe get some wisdom and how to deal with some situations you're you're facing in life. And, and that kind of stuff happens all the time around here. So I wouldn't be surprised to happen for you. Amen. Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty-three reads: Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Out of what? Out of your heart spring the issues of life. The NIV reads, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. All right? Guard your what? Your, your heart. Not, not just, your, not just your, uh, your, you know, your bank account, not just your identity. No, guard your heart. Everything comes from, from it. Uh, NLT, New Living, reads, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so we're all going somewhere, huh? <laughs> we're all on some kind of path. We're all, in, we're all heading in some kind of direction. And uh, if, it's, if it's where we want to go, if it's where we want to be, then keep going. But it is our heart that will determine whether we are going to get there or not. Now, as we've been uh, discussing these issues, these issues of the heart, these issues that flow from the heart, uh, they impact our lives on a daily basis. Your heart is governing your existence even today, okay? This is happening all the time, but it also, also, what's happening internally, what's happening in the heart also matters most to God, okay? It matters more than the external. The internal matters more to God than the external matters to God. Intent and what a person is really made of uh, is what God sees. And I make that statement not to dismiss the importance of right behavior. 
I'm not saying just have a good heart and live like a fool. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because how many know eventually our actions do reflect what comes, what, what is in us. All right. I'm not saying they're disconnected. I'm just saying there is a, there is an order of importance. And, and so I, I don't neglect or dismiss the importance of right behavior, but I do want to direct our attention to what matters most or more in the situation. What matters more is what's inside than what's outside. Because for a number of reasons, but again, outside is controlled eventually by the inside. Um, in Israel's history, there was a time, you know, when, when Saul was king, King Saul, if you study the scripture, and he was being replaced. And so the Lord sent the prophet uh, Samuel to go find a replacement. And he told him about Jesse. All right, Jesse has some, has some boys there. And, and one of him, one of his boys, uh, I'm going to make the next king. And so uh, Samuel went to see the, see the guys, and, and some of them were very impressive looking. And certainly he thought he had it figured out, and Samuel did, as many of us do sometimes. He judged externally and said, certainly this is the, the Lord's anointed. Certainly this is his choice here. And God said something to him. Revealed something to Samuel. Uh, this is First Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord." looks at the heart. And so some are elevated then. Some are given specific assignment. Some are refused then. Why? Based upon their outward condition? No, no. Based upon something that God is looking at. He is looking at, and he knows everything that's going on there. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at the inside. Um, in Paul's ministry, he had, he had to deal with this because there were individuals frequently coming against him and questioning and undermining his place because he had a very strong voice in the churches and rightfully so, uh, but some would undermine him. And one of the things he wrote, and it's, this is 2 Corinthians 5.12, he wrote, for we do not commend ourselves again to you. But give you an opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So even though they had the Old Testament, they knew about Samuel's deal, they knew about uh, how, how the Lord was selecting the next king there, they were still doing this. What were they doing? They were boasting in their outward condition, in their appearance. You got the right look. Everything externally is the way it's supposed to be. You are all that. He said, no, that's not what, that's not what matters. They're giving too much attention to the external and they're not giving enough attention to the internal. Amen. We need to understand that the, that the Lord still thinks this way. 
concerning our lives. Has always. It's still the case today. How many know uh, what God wants to do and how He wants to use a person, bless a person, talk to a person, has nothing to do with their, their height, tall or short. Has nothing to do with their width, <laughs> wide, broad or narrow, you know. Has nothing to do with their hair color. Has nothing to do with their absence of hair or presence of hair. Has nothing to do with their skin color. Red, yellow, black, white, pink, blue, orange. Doesn't matter. Those things are totally irrelevant. What, what matters to God? Heart. Heart matters. Doesn't have anything to do with, with their, their past. Their, uh, doesn't have, have anything to do with, with how much money they have. Heart matters most to God. We need to think this, this way. This is not real complicated, but we need, be, need to be reminded. Why? The human tendency is to judge everything externally, is to look at everything from the outward. And people fight all day long over external stuff that God's saying, you are totally missing the point here. Totally missing the point. There is something I'm looking at that you cannot see. And in this case, this case in Samuel, it elevated David to the throne. Because of what was happening inside of him. Now, it's possible for someone to have a right heart and have wrong actions. And it's possible to do the right thing with a wrong heart. Now, you know we've discussed this already to some, to, to some degree, that over time, things manifest. But it is possible for someone to do the wrong, like, like I said, the right thing with the wrong heart or the right thing with the right, you know what I mean. <laughs> Let me give you an example of this in, in Scripture. I'm not having you turn to some of these. I'll get, we'll get to digging into this here shortly. But in 1 Kings chapter 15 and verse 14, 1 Kings 15, 14, but the high places were not removed Nevertheless, Asa, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. In other words, the high, he said, the high places were not removed, meaning they should have been removed. They should have, he should have taken, taken care of this. He was the king. He should have taken care of business. He should have dealt with this. But yet, his heart is described as perfect with the Lord. You know, sometimes individuals, they will do things that are not right, and they don't realize that, that what they're doing is not working. It's ineffective. It's unfruitful. Sometimes people will do something with a right heart that actually harms others or hurts others, and they don't realize it's happening. I mean, how many people have been hurt by someone else and they're completely upset, bitter, all kinds of stuff towards that person. And they don't realize that that person, even though they did what they did and shouldn't have done what they did, they don't realize that what they did caused harm to the other person. And so one person goes on their way. They were part of the equation. And everything's fine. Everything's still good between them. Their heart is right. The other person, their heart is not right now. And they were the one harmed. Does that make sense? So, 
again, we can see with Asa, he didn't do everything he should have done. But he, he had a right heart in this. Do you think some people stood up uh, in the land and condemned Asa for not doing that? I bet so. I bet there's a lot of, little bit of whisper going on. But there's a little bit of talking behind the scenes. Asa, King Asa, didn't take care of business like he should have. We need a new king. But it's interesting to see the Lord's commentary on his life. He said, yeah, he should have done that. But his heart was right with me. He had a perfect heart all of his days. This is powerful. And then, and then the opposite example is also in Scripture. It's Second Chronicles 25.2. Second Chronicles 25.2 speaks, speaks about uh, a guy named Amaziah. And uh, Amaziah said in verse 2, He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. And so would that also be possible today? That someone could do the right thing. And everyone around applauds. And they say, yeah, they have got it going on. They are all together godly and right with God in all their ways. And yet they are doing some of what they are doing. Some of their right behavior is not coming from a perfect heart. Yeah. Now, how many know it's not for us to just necessarily go around and decide that for everyone either? Let's, let's keep ourselves out of that equation. And let's deal with our own hearts. But we can see it's possible for someone to do the right thing. They can receive, receive the accolades of, of mankind and people will praise them, but God sees why they did it. He sees everything that was in the heart. And He knows the whole picture, sees everything that's there. This is a different kind of message today. Uh, that was my intro. But I was going to totally go a different direction. And something else was in my heart. As I, be, as I had it all written out. And I thought, you know what, I just need to keep talking about the intro. In other words, I just want to elaborate on this. I, I believe the Lord wants us to see things from His perspective. He wants us to deal with our own lives from this vantage point of heart issues matter to him. We can see how he identified these people. I don't know how the, you know, the society, the, the population, how they were judging uh, Asa and Amaziah. Or how people were handling these issues in, in the church at Corinth. We know what Samuel thought of those people. But we know oftentimes people got it wrong. And God said, no, this is the way it really is. This is what was really happening here. David, of course, was chosen in that situation. And in, in Acts chapter 13, it's, in verse 22, it's stated that the Lord said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all of my will. He said, David's a man after my heart. All right? Now, think about David. Did he do everything right? <laughs> Can you say Bathsheba? <laughs> you know? And there were some other instances where he totally messed up. He totally did the, right, the wrong thing. And is this some kind of, you know, 
acting like that didn't matter. No, no, there were severe consequences and it caused a lot of problems. But still, he is defined and described as a person after God's own heart. Those who boast in appearance are not conscious of God. Those in Paul's day that he was saying, man, they're giving too much attention to the outside. They are not conscious of the living God and his presence. Friend, I'm telling you, we need to raise our awareness of God's presence in our life, in our services. When we are meeting here right now, I tell you, there is something holy about this gathering. This is not just a natural meeting. This is not just something that is insignificant in eternity. There is the very presence and work of God that is, that is happening in our midst. And if we, try, if we do what we do and we conduct ourselves and make decisions without an awareness and consciousness of what God sees, of what God knows, then we are going to get it wrong. We're going to make decisions based upon such a limited viewpoint. Look, look with me at the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. There is still today a lot of boasting in outward appearance. There is a lot of attention given to the external. Where uh, I think what we're, what we're missing sometimes is, is the complete picture. And, and that's this. This is real simple. And you know, it's, it, for some it might not be revelation. Like, hey, I've never had that thought before. But sometimes it escapes our consciousness. And that's this. God sees everything. He sees everything. He knows everything. Now, if, some of you, if that makes some of you a little bit nervous, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with this as we go. <laughs> but he does. Everything. Everything. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 reads this way. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There's a lot said there. He sees it all. He knows it all. Everything is laid open before him. And he's defined and described as the one to whom we must give account. There's there's an accounting that will be given to the one who sees all. Not to the people who who see in part. Not to each other. We we, We only see in part. We only know a little bit. He sees all. And he's the one we're accountable to. I don't know about you, but I, I hate injustice. I really do. I, I, I have heard of situations, and I know it's portrayed sometimes in movies, where an individual will be accused and uh, not only accused, but what's the word? Convicted of a crime, and they go to jail. 
and they spend many years in prison for something they didn't do. I mean, is, does that bug anyone? I, I, I mean, that's like, man, that's horrible to ruin someone's life and take all these years away for something they didn't do. Uh, how many know in the end, everything's going to be made right? There's a time coming where there will be no injustice. No one is going to uh, get, get rooked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, because God sees all. And he's ultimately going to have the final say. Even though there is injustice in our world. And nothing will be hidden. It really won't. Sometimes people today, they think, well, I'm in the clear. You know, if nobody knows what I did. If no one knows what happened in my life, everything's good. Um, let's, re- let's realize this, that no one has ever gotten away with anything. It might seem like it temporarily, but no, you didn't. Nope. No one's gotten away with anything. Why? Because someone saw it all. Someone knows everything. 100% everything from motive to carrying it out. Someone saw everything. And so, you know, say, man, that just doesn't sound like a happy service. <laughs> I want to deal with reality because, listen, we either, and this is the good side of this, the good and the bad, but we either need to receive forgiveness or recompense. I, I suggest forgiveness. But the idea of living our lives with things hidden, with things concealed, is just not going to work. It just doesn't happen in God's kingdom. Eventually, He sees it all. So for us to hide things from an all-seeing God is foolishness. Especially one who's merciful and kind, and loving, and sent His only Son to pay for those stupid sins. And those things we, we want to hide, huh? I suggest, go ahead, and let it out. Stop hiding it and be forgiven. Because we're all in that same boat, aren't we? I know in... in in news stories recently, there's, a, there's something big out there about this, uh, this website that uh, I guess this website helps people who are married to cheat on, it, on their spouse. And uh, I find that despicable that something like that would exist. You know, I understand people are tempted, but for someone to facilitate breaking up relationships and marriages, I think that's, that's the devil, man. Anyway, if you didn't hear about this, there's some site out there that I saw in the news that got hacked. Uh, you know what hacked means all information has been let out. Names and credit card information or something. And, and anyway, apparently there's a lot of famous people and, you know, a lot of people who've been cheating. Looking for, you know, setting up affairs and all this kind of stuff. And now it's out there. And, uh, I mean, I'm sad about it. I'm sad on many different levels. Not only that they did it, but that it's exposed. And I'm just sad for families and everything in the whole situation. 
But how many know uh, stuff happens like that? And to not live with a consciousness of God and to think I can live with a secret identity, a secret part of my life. No, no. That, see, what that does, it keeps people bound up. The Scripture says, says it this way, if you'll confess your faults one to another, you'll be healed. You'll be healed. People leave themselves in a position of in, being in bondage and struggling with the same things for a long, long time because they try to keep everything secret. And I tell you, I mean, I, it's, it's a sad thing. You know, Adam and Eve, what, what did they first try to do as soon as they sinned? They tried to hide. There's something about condemnation and guilt. It wants to hide. And they tried to hide from God. How do you hide from God? And it didn't work. He found them. <laughs> you know, he acted like he didn't know where they were, but hey, where are you guys? But they tried to hide from God. We can't be in the hiding business. Hmm? We need to be in the open and forgiving business. There was a, a, a king uh, years ago in Syria, and they would do battle with Israel. And the plans kept getting messed up. It's like, it's like, you know, in fact, what happened one day is, is the king of Syria said, who's the traitor? I'm putting this in my own words. But which one have you got? Who's, who's for Israel here? And the, the guy said, no, listen, no one. There, there, no, one's, no one's a traitor here. He said, they have this prophet over there. And he tells the king what you're saying in your bedroom. How many know that's a little better than what NSA can do? Or, I mean, when God's involved and He's revealing stuff, you're in trouble. <laughs> and that's what was going on. How many know? Here's the deal. God knows everything. And He sees everything. There's nothing hidden from His sight. He knows it all. I remember years ago I was praying about something in my own life. Something I wanted the Lord to help me with. And I'm seeking the Lord on this. And then I get in a service one day. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a service. And a person ministering says, can I pray for you? I said, yes. And I step up there. And he starts, he starts saying, oh, well, you've been praying about da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and it was exactly right. How did he know? You remember when we pray, we're supposed to believe that God hears us? <laughs> oh, he did. And he helped me out in that situation too. And it was, you know, what, what happened? The Lord heard it. The Lord can tell anyone anything if he wants to. I remember I, we were doing a youth camp years ago. And one young lady, teenager came there. Come from a rough life, but uh, there's a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is knowledge about things you couldn't know naturally, but by the Spirit. And I went up, and I spoke into her ear so no one else could hear, could hear it. And I said, I said, your mother called you a whore, but the Lord says it's not true. She collapsed. God heard what her mother called her. The Lord wanted to give her a new identity. And set her on a new path. 
people say, did the Lord really hear that when, it, when her mother? Yeah, the Lord really heard that. And it was not correct. He set her free from that lie. I remember years ago, uh, I tell this sometimes in our partnership class. But a woman came to me after, you know, the following week after a service. She said, I had a friend here last week. And when we got to the car after church, they were really upset. She said, she said they were really upset with me, not me, her. She said, they were really upset with me. I said, well, why? What's going on? She said, my friend kept saying to me, she said, I can't believe you told him all that stuff. <laughs> she totally thought that, she, that her friend came to me ahead of time as I was preaching and told her all about her life so I could preach on that. <laughs> and she stopped. She said, I, I didn't know anything. She said, I didn't, I, I mean, she said, I didn't tell him a thing. And, I, and, you know, I was glad she was able to say that. And she said, I didn't tell him a thing. That's God talking to you. He's trying to help you. He's not here to condemn. He's not here to make someone, you know, just feel bad and guilty and condemn. He's trying to help lift us. But we can't talk to God and have this relationship as if he doesn't really see everything. He knows it all. And he reveals things somewhat, sometimes like this, like these examples in a special way, but he's trying to help. He does see everything, though. Let's relate to him like that's the case. Say, why? Why, why does it matter? Because some things that we feel like are, you know, that we're keeping secret, they're not secret, they're only hindering our freedom. When we acknowledge stuff and deal with things that he already knows about, then we get free. But if we want to act like, man, no one knows about this and this is me. Listen, he knows. Don't, you know. Jesus said regarding prayer, he said the Father knows what you have need of before you ask him. But you ever notice it's still necessary to ask? He didn't say, so therefore, don't bother asking. No, there's still the process here. He knows what you're going to ask him, but he wants you to ask him anyway. There's something about the asking, the releasing of your faith, the drawing upon God that brings him onto the scene. Likewise, it is with other stuff that we have got going on and we think we need to conceal and hide. And, and no, 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 no. When it's, he already knows about it, but when it's released... Then God moves. Then a change happens. Then freedom takes place. Amen. I I, I read about a revival in Indonesia. Powerful move of God. One of the things that started happening in this this move of God was individuals in in the church... They started having words of knowledge about other people in the church. And it was confronting hidden things. And people would go up to someone and said, you're doing this. Some of them were like, hey, you're having an affair. And the person would deny it. No, I'm not. And God would give them more. He said, it's with this person and this was the place and this was the day. And they'd be like exposed 
And they'd confess and get right with God. They'd acknowledge stuff and God would heal marriages and put things back together. He started using people mightily. Tremendous things happened. And there were, I mean, lots of things like that. Not everyone responded positively. When they did, great things would happen. I wonder what the potential is here. I wonder what the potential is in your life. I wonder what, what could happen if we deal right with God and recognize that He's looking at the heart. You look at the verse before there, Hebrews 4.12. I read, we read 13. Verse 12 reads, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the, to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner. What's a discerner? God's word. His written word, his spoken word. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is designed to do this, to get in between all the cracks, in the smallest little places, and say, okay, this is what's happening here. This is what's really going on. This is how God's word is designed to help us and set us free. Because it exposes the wrong thinking and the, the junk and baloney. That's when he said, for everything is open before God. He sees everything. It's all open and naked before him. Hallelujah. And if, if again, if, if that puts fear, I mean, if it's a respect, like an awe, that's a good thing. Man, God is awesome. He knows all things. Because you read the following verses, he talks about his throne of grace again. He said, come before my throne. Get some grace and mercy. I want to give you some help in time of need. See, this is not a, not, not a message to drive someone into the ground and just make them feel helpless and, and guilty. No, it's the time to draw near to God. It's the time to come clean and deal with him eyes wide open, heart wide open. You know, in the book of Acts. Chapter 5, they were having a move of God. And there was this couple named Ananias and Sapphira. I don't know where they get those names, but Ananias and Sapphira. And, and they, they, they were trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes, play tricks on everyone. And they presented themselves outwardly, like they were given a big, big, fat offering. And they were lying about it. And they got called out on it. How? By the Spirit of God through Peter. God, the Spirit of God showed him exactly what was going on. And he confronted him. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And you know how that, if you know that story, that didn't turn out real well. If you don't know, read that. Boom. Out of here. Where's the youth group? And they took him out. That's that was their activities in those days. Youth activities. <laughs> Bury the hypocrites. Uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, we had, there, this is New Testament. There's precedent for stuff being exposed. Hallelujah. Remember when Jesus said, he quoted Isaiah, and he prophesied about the hypocritical Pharisees, and he said, these people draw near to me with their with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Is it possible for us to sing the songs and say the words and look the part and have a heart far from God? Yeah, that's possible. Let's just say no to that. 
I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to have any, any, any part with that. Jesus said that there's nothing that's covered that will not be revealed. Nothing that is hidden that will not be made known. Amen. Let me, let, let's look at one more verse today. You got a couple minutes? You know I can't go too long because we got another service, but... I do want to get this one more verse in here. It's 1 Thessalonians 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. Paul writes here to this, this group. He said, but as we have been approved by God. I mean, no, that's what we should all be seeking. Uh, all right. Approval by God. Won't always get it from people. But you want to seek approval by God. As we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests the hearts. What does God do? He tests the hearts. That's what we should be conscious of. I live and die and I stand here and I do everything I do before God. My life is open before Him to the one to whom I must give account. Let's remember who we are serving. Let's remember why we have anything. Why we've been entrusted with His kingdom and His word and His grace and His love. Keep your heart right with Him. People will judge your motives at times. Just don't be the one doing that to other people. Because again, someone could do the wrong thing and have a right heart. So we kind of stay out of that business. We stay out of that area where we don't really see the full thing happening. We don't see the whole picture. Amen. Let's, let's have a consciousness of God today. You know He loves you. If I've stirred up thoughts and think, people are thinking about all the, you know, wrong choices they made. Some of the things that they've done, and some even have a fear. Man, I don't want this exposed. I'm not about to expose you. I tell you, I, I do trust the Spirit of God, though, to work in your heart. Let Him talk to you. He loves you. And He wants you free.